Are you a mum looking for some parenting inspiration, tips and advice, stories on the ups and downs we face in our lives as parents, some humour and a little bit of fun? Then you may have just found what you're looking for. Hi and welcome to the Parenting in the Thick of It show. I'm your host Louise Clark, a certified parent coach known to many as your parenting partner. As a mum to three teenagers, you can bet I've probably been there, done that and heard it all. Trust me, there'll be few things that I haven't experienced firsthand. I created this podcast because I just love to help mums like you find ways to navigate life in the thick of it and find a way out of it. Do you ever find yourself getting so frustrated because your kids don't listen to you? especially if you have teenagers, it's so, so frustrating. And I certainly in my life have spent a lot of time sort of deconstructing why I find it so incredibly frustrating when they don't listen to me. I ask them to do things, they don't listen, they don't hear me. I ask again, they go, yeah, and they don't do what I've asked them. If you find yourself in situations like this, whether you have a teenager or a younger child, I'm going to gear this more for teens, actually, because I think the approach is slightly different. I think mainly because as our teens get older, they have or we hope they might have developed more listening skills than perhaps a toddler might have. You know, toddlers are so in the moment, so present, so completely engaged in what they're doing that you know they they don't really hear us when we ask them to do certain things and we often are asking them when we're in a different room we're not with them and that goes to teenagers as well and I certainly realized when I started looking into why I was so unbelievably triggered by them not listening I realized that a lot of the time they weren't hearing me and this was huge in me being able to actually turn turn it around. Now there's two problems when, or there's many problems when they don't listen, but there's two that are slightly different situations. There's situations where they actually don't hear you. In other words, you're in the kitchen, you shout something to them, they're in the family room, they're doing something else, they might be on their phones, they might be doing homework, who knows, that would be a nice nice one. But they're engrossed in what they're doing and they simply don't hear you. That's one situation. The other situation is where you ask them to do something. They look at you and they respond and they say, yeah, but then they don't get up to do what you've asked them to do. So they effectively haven't listened to you, but you know they have heard you. So those are two slightly different kind of motives. And I think for a lot of the time, certainly in my life, what I realized was I was presuming that they'd heard me when in fact they hadn't. So in situations where you realize, of which many of the situations were this in my, certainly in my life, was that I realized they actually weren't hearing me. So that's a much simpler uh, piece to kind of uh, work out, to solve, to find a resolution to and a solution to, because if they're not hearing you, you have to ask yourself, why are they not hearing me? Is it because I'm not close enough to them or are they just not focused on me even if I am close to them? In which case, the answer is get close to them 
make sure they've got their eyes on you, make sure they've switched off their phone or their game or that they've just put their pen down if they're in the middle of homework um, and ask them, are you, are you hearing me now? You really need to listen to me here. And you ask them to do what you want them to do. And in that situation, you then wait with them until they start to do or make a move to do what it is you've asked them to do. It might be to go and put their plates away and put them in the dishwasher because you've gone over to the dining room table, they're supposed to be doing their homework, they're on their phones and their cereal bowl and a juice glass is sitting on the, the table. You're wanting to get the dishwasher loaded and turn it on and you, you shout to them from the kitchen, can you bring your bowl and your, your glass to the dishwasher? They don't hear you. Go to the table, tap them on the shoulder, say, excuse me, I know you're busy. You really need to take the plate and the, the glass and go and put it in the dishwasher now. And if they go, yeah, mum, I'll do it. Um, I'll do it just now. Say, I would really appreciate it if you did it now because I want to put the dishwasher on. And they might huff and haw, but you wait until they get up and you watch them take it to the dishwasher and do what you've asked them. And then you say, thank you very much for doing that. Not make any more of a fuss of it than that. But so often we ask them and then we don't wait to see it through. And then we accuse them, you know, you don't listen to me, you whatever. And they'll go, mom, I didn't hear you. So it's different situation when they've heard you and they blatantly ignore you. That is incredibly triggering for us. It can absolutely drive us up the wall. I know it certainly drove me up the wall. And so how do we get around this? With teenagers and with, with any age group, but I'm going to speak to teenagers here, to the parents of teenagers, I think it is very important for us to recognise that when we have not been heard, we're triggered. And that trigger is internal trigger. The triggers are always inside. They're never on the outside. So your child not listening, your teenager not listening to you, you might blame the teenager. He didn't listen. The trigger is you not being heard. And if you look back to where that comes from, it'll be the emotional experience from when you were a child and you were not heard. And that wound is still raw in you. That hole is still there you don't feel heard. And very few parents of, I'll say my generation, any of you that are listening are similar generation to me with teenagers, give or take five, 10 years. We were raised for the most part with authoritarian parents where children were seen and not heard within reason. I'm, I'm, I'm generalizing but as kids, certainly as a child, I didn't feel heard. I never had a say. It, I never had my opinion. It was my parents' opinion. My parents say I did what I was told. And really, I didn't feel heard. So when my kids don't listen to me, yes, it's rude not to listen. It's disrespectful not to listen. But the trigger for me is internal. The trigger is always internal, as I said. So it's me not feeling heard. So when I turn it around that way, I can look at my teenagers with more compassion and say, you know what, teenagers are not really, you know, are, are they really always on waiting to listen to you? I don't believe they are. And for much of the time when we ask them to do things, we're asking them to do things that they're really not interested in doing either, which makes it 
hard for us as well and hard for them. So in getting them to listen to you, you have to understand that when you don't feel heard, you're triggered. And when you're triggered, you become reactive. And nobody likes to listen to a reactive parent. I don't like listening to anyone who's reactive. You know, if I was to go into a store and I was to ask a uh, someone in customer service something and they were reactive to me and they were resistant and they they almost put the blame on me before I'm out the gate, I wouldn't appreciate it. And when we can see this from our teens' perspective, that very often we do become reactive because we're triggered and we're not able, able to control our reaction. So we go into um, survival mode because when we're triggered, we go into survival mode and we're in fight, flight or freeze. So we'll fight them. You didn't listen. You never listen. Whatever I say, you don't listen. You say you're going to do it and you still don't do it. React, react, react. And they don't appreciate listening to us when we're reactive. So I speak with parents every day about this and they go, but it's them. They're so disrespectful. And I say, yes, it is disrespectful not to listen, but they're not going to listen as long as you stay reactive. And being non-reactive is not you being permissive. And this is where a lot of us get stuck. We think that if we are pleasant and compassionate and curious to them not listening, that we're letting them get away with not listening. And it's not that at all. It simply means when we are, when we can enter with no judgment and we can enter with mindfulness, which is being open to the present moment with kindness, curiosity, no judgment, and just show up to the, to the nature of what is, my child's not listening. And we're not triggered and we stay present and we think, I wonder why they're not listening. And then we think, well, they don't really like listening to be told to go and do X, Y, and Z that they haven't done. I get that. So there's being kind. I get it. They don't want to go and load the dishwasher or put their fold their laundry or go and empty the dishwasher for you or go and do something that you've asked them, clear up all their crap off the table or the, the floor. They don't want to. So being compassionate to that and understanding, you know what, I get it. They don't want to. This isn't great for them, but they have to do it. That's not giving in. They have to do it. So how can you make them do it from a place of compassion rather than a place of reactivity? Because that's what's going to bring them around to hearing you. When you then say, you know what, I have, I know you don't realize this, but I've asked you three times. I'm finding it very frustrating, but I'm, I'm doing my absolute best to not yell at you, shout at you and simply state it as it is. Please, can you go and do it now? Because this is not acceptable. And when you are open like that, you communicate with them as if you were asking, you know, say you were the boss of 10 people in an office and one person repeatedly didn't do things you'd asked them to do. Eventually, sure, you might go in and get a little bit reactive, but you probably would be able to contain your reaction and say to them, you know, listen, it's unacceptable. You cannot keep forgetting to do all this stuff because it's having repercussions on everyone in the office and you probably wouldn't shout at them and yell at them and shame them and belittle them I'm not saying you do that with your teenager but that's how the teenagers take it they feel spoken down to they feel 
criticised, blamed and judged. And yes, while part of us feel, well, so they should because they just don't listen. Can you see that the cycle that we get caught in and find ourselves in is a very reactive one? And it's very, very hard to resolve anything amicably from a place of reactivity. So what can you do to contain your reactivity in the moment when you're asking or you've asked your teenager to do something a couple of times and they've ignored you? How can you control yourself? You know, you know, if you've been listening to my podcast and following my work, you know that I'm all over us having to control ourselves. And yes, we can say we shouldn't have to. We shouldn't have to ask them three times. It's driving me up the wall that they don't listen to me. But at the end of the day, they're teenagers. They're not, as Josh Ship says, they're almost adults. They're not quite adults yet. They haven't developed all the skills that they need to develop yet, especially a 13, 14, 15 year old. You know, as they move 16, 17, 18, if you don't have teenagers that age, you will actually begin to see a shift and they do start to listen more provided we treat them in a way that makes them want to listen. You know, Adele Faber wrote that amazing book how to talk so your kids will listen and how to listen so your kids will talk. It's a two-way thing. Listening breeds listening. And if we don't hear them, they're not going to hear us. And I also believe that comes around to the second point I want to make in this, that very often we don't hear our teenagers. They'll speak to us. We're distracted. We're caught up in our work. We're catching up on something on an email. We've just got a text from a friend who said their mother's died and we're dealing with that. Or we get a a message from someone else to say, you need to pick up another child on your way back from the baseball tomorrow. And we're distracted. So we're not hearing them and they don't feel heard. So it's a vicious circle. We don't feel heard and they don't feel heard. So we're, we're all competing to be heard. So as the adult... I do believe we need to be the ones to role model it. So we need to hear our teenagers. And when we start hearing them, it's like magic. They will start hearing us because when we hear them, we are less reactive. We naturally will be, if we're open to listening to them, we'll hear what they have to say and we might you know, cast our opinion on what they, they say. We might have a com- conversation about what they've said and what they want versus us just demanding their attention when they're not they don't have their attention to give us therefore they don't hear us therefore we don't feel heard therefore we get triggered therefore we get reactive reactivity straight on to your teenager causes them to react and we both get caught in that reactivity cycle which is toxic it goes nowhere nothing is ever achieved so i will leave it at that and hope that is brought you some as is food for thought about listening. Really watch yourself. Do you really listen? And when your teenager is not listening, watch yourself as to how you interact with them. How do you respond to them when they don't listen? What is your default pattern? Where does that pattern come from? Where does your belief system come from around it? Do you believe they ought to be listening to you? They should be listening to you because you're the parent and you know best and they should listen. A bit more old school, that deeply ingrained belief system that's buried within all of us. We have to work really hard 
to to try and override that if we don't believe that is the case. I believe my children are always worth listening to and I believe they have an equal voice to mine. But that's taken me a long time to erase that old pattern and I haven't erased it. It's still within me. I still get triggered when they don't listen to me and I don't feel heard. So really ask yourself some some questions. Really try and get to the to the root of it and watch yourself and see how you do this week with regard to listening. Let me know how you do as ever. You can reach out to me, louise at yourparentingpartner.com or you can share this episode with a friend if you think, if you know they've got a teenager that doesn't listen and they're always triggered and moaning and whinging and complaining about the fact their kids never listen, send them this episode and see if you can open their minds to a different way, to a new path. Because this path works. I've trodden on it now. I've walked it for a while. It works way better than the path I used to be on. So I'm helping parents switch and move on to a different path and with much success they always report that their relationship's better with their kids, the connection's better, their kids actually start listening, they do things they've been asked, not all the time, normal teenage behaviour. But I would love to hear from you and if you really enjoyed this please do hop over onto iTunes and leave a review and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast then you won't miss any episodes in the future. Till next time, thanks again for listening. Bye for now. That's it for today's episode on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. If you enjoyed the show, please do share it with your friends and family. And remember, if you find yourself stuck in the thick of it and can't see a way out of it, please send me an email. I would love to help you. My email is louise at yourparentingpartner.com. And don't forget to take a look at the Parenting in the Thick of It family organizer that I created. It's an evergreen family calendar guaranteeing 12 months of use from whenever you start. It also includes beautifully illustrated, informative and interactive monthly parenting theme pages to guide you through the year. It's the perfect organizer for busy families to keep track of all their activities, plus help parents be the best parent they can be. It's more than just a calendar. You can find the link for this and the other social media platforms that I am on below the description in this episode. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to being with you all soon. Bye for now.